Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Alan Shipnick has written a great book, Phil, the rip-roaring biography of golf's most colorful Superstar. This is Alan. Hey, Alan, thanks for being on the program. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Just so you know who you're dealing with here, I'm a 28 handicap, all right? So when, when, you know, when you tell me what club he was using at Marion, it's lost on me. But the stories, I love the Phil stories. He's a complicated dude. Well, that's why I was drawn to him. You know, he's a dream for a biographer because... He, he's so multifaceted, and a lot of professional athletes are pretty straight-line personalities. Uh, Phil is all over the place, and those contradictions, you know, those, those multitudes that live within him make him so interesting. The first line of the book, just throw the first punch. This is the two of you in a tunnel at the 1998 PGA Championship, and he's begging you to fight him, and yet two or three pages later, you're having brunch at his house in California. I don't mean that it happened sequentially like that, but I mean, your own relationship with him is complicated. Yeah, it's sort of emblematic of 
how mercurial that Phil can be, you know. And even when it comes to the press, he, he, he has a long history of charming reporters, cajoling them, intimidating them, bullying them, charming them again. And, you know, I've been on all sides of that. And it's, you know, I think that, that allowed me to bring a certain depth to this reporting because I know what Phil is really like. I've seen the real Phil in a lot of different settings. And, you know, I think that intimacy kind of informs the whole book. The first chapter of the book is filled with stories where, like, everybody's got a Phil story. And so with a lot of notable personalities, including Sir Charles, among others, you ask them for their favorite Phil story. Among those that ended up in the book, which is your favorite? Oh, goodness. That, that's a tough one. Um, Tom Candiotti, the former big league pitcher. I love uh, this one. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he retired to Scottsdale and was playing golf at the same club as Phil, and they became buddies. And they're sitting around one day after golf, and Phil is saying, you know, I could have been a big league baseball player. You know, I had I had that much talent, but I chose golf. And Caddyotti's rolling his eyes because, you know, in his telling, he's heard this from many athletes. All these guys think they could have been great at multiple sports. So he says, all right, let's see it. So they go down to this local baseball field, and Caddyotti's throwing batting practice fastballs, and Phil's swinging out of his golf shoes with a golf glove on trying to hit a home run and no matter how hard he tried he can't even get it to the warning track of this this high school field and jason kidd the hall of fame basketball player wound up shagging flies in out in the outfield and he got so bored he just laid down and uh so it you know it, it speaks to phil's utter self-belief and you might say a slight delusion but um it, it's really funny and there's yeah as you said there, there's so many stories some of them are ridiculous like that one some are endearing where you know phil has quite a big heart and you know the ryan palmer the, the tour player talks about how when when he found out his wife had had cancer oh. breast cancer calls him the anderson phil. yeah 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 he went to phil to phil because his phil's wife had battled that and when he told phil you know he just wrapped him in this bear hug and said guess what I'm going to get you the best doctors, the best surgeons, and, you know, Jennifer's going to be okay. And that night, the head of MD Anderson, the best hospital in the country for cancer, was talking to Ryan Palmer, and, and everything Phil said came true. And, you know, Palmer told me I've never stopped being grateful for what Phil did for my family. So we know about the controversies. We know about the cockiness. But there's, there's a whole other side to Phil as well that, that can be very endearing. Of course, I read a book like this, and I'm I'm curious to know, Alan, did he have the gift at birth? Did he acquire it? Was it practice? Was it some combination thereof? You've got Phil Mickelson at age six spending, quote, long days at Presidio Hills, a par three course. It's as if he was born with the club in his hand, much like Tiger. Yeah, it's very analogous, um, their upbringings. You know, both Tiger and Phil had fathers who loved golf, and from almost birth they were kind of parked watching watching their dad swing the golf club and i think they were mesmerized by the speed and the sound of it and it, it was just something they were drawn to and um, you know it's an interesting question are you born with that gift or is it developed it's probably a little bit of both i mean phil's father was uh, an incredible athlete he was a gymnast and he, he harbored ambitions of, of being a downhill skier and his mom was a terrific basketball player so he Certain gifts were conferred to him, probably hand-eye coordination, and he, he was tall for a golfer. But, you know, it, it, when you track Phil's childhood, the, the key moment is his dad builds this green in the, the family backyard when Phil's nine years old. And 
he just spent hour after hour in the backyard hitting pitches and chips and putting. And the family had to install floodlights because he was out there so late at night. And the neighbors, you know, had some windows and doors, glass doors smashed by errant shots. But there was almost this obsessive need to develop this gift. And so, you know, people love to say that Phil's like such a naturally talented player, but he wasn't born knowing how to hit that flop shot. I mean, he taught himself. And I think he's never quite gotten credit for the work ethic and, and how hard he chased that, that dream. You know, everyone celebrates Tiger's grind, but in his own way, um, you know, Phil brought the same single-minded intensity to being great that Tiger Woods did. He goes to ASU, where, among other things, he gets to participate in the Beer Bash Scramble. I loved that vignette. Do you mind telling it? <laughs> yeah, that chapter of Phil's college days is one of my favorite chapters in the whole too. book. Because it's kind of like, you know, Animal House meets uh, <laughs> Follow the Sun. And um, it was a very freewheeling team with a lot of big personalities. And, and, you know, they won the national championship. And Phil probably goes down as the greatest college golfer of all time. But... There was a lot of hijinks, too, and so the, the end of the season, the team would go out and play at a local muni course. They weren't allowed to wear any ASU logos. They'd show up, they'd, they'd pay the greens fees like regular customers, try and be a little incognito. Of course, they were all smashing it off the first tee, but, uh, and, you know, the rules were simple. If Every hole, the, you had to drink a beer, and if you made a team bogey, you had to take a shot of Jose Cuervo, and... <laughs> despite all that, these guys would still turn in some amazing scores, but Phil was not much of a drinker and um, he didn't last too many holes before he wound up losing his cookies. And this is as a freshman and he he never played in another one. He just said, okay, guys, you have your fun. I'm going to go to the driving range and, you know, work on winning a few masters in the future. So, uh, okay. So he's he's not a drinker. He is a golfer. He's also a gambler. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. He is a golfer. He's also a gambler. And this is a big part of the book. And even then, even, you know, even I mean, you you have a story in here and I'm thumbing through the book. Mine is all marked up and tabbed. You'd be thrilled to see it. I can't find it where he happens upon a guy who's a recognizable personality. And Phil says, like, you know, he ends up hustling him for three hundred dollars playing just three holes. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's Gary McCord. Right. Right. uh, Of course, became a TV personality but he was a tour player before that with limited success but he's out uh he's out playing a practice round for the tucson open well ahead of the actual tournament date just kind of preparing and and this lanky college kid comes up to him and he'd never met phil before he kind of knew his legend but they never met and it's getting dark of course phil's left-handed and gary mccord's right-handed and so phil says to mccord let's play the last three holes for a hundred dollars a hole and we'll use each other's clubs. So you play lefty and I'll play righty. And McCord had actually been working with Mac O'Grady, who was a famously ambidextrous instructor. And so McCord's like, hey, I'm actually pretty good left-handed. So he takes the bet, loses the 16th hole, loses the 70th hole, loses the 18th hole. Phil takes his 300 bucks and, and peels off. And McCord's like, I should have known it was a bad bet. You know, what college kid can play for $100 a hole? And, um, of course, only later do you find out that Phil is actually right-handed in everything but golf. And so... Uh, had a little bit of an unfair advantage there. But it's just a cute little story that, that tells you about the self-belief that, that Phil had, but also how much he loved action, even at a very early age. Well, further along in the book, February 2001, this is your writing, Mickelson's gambling spilled into public view when he made headlines for cashing a $560,000 Super Bowl ticket. As months earlier, he plunked down $20,000 on the Baltimore Ravens at 28-1. to 1. And then you say he was so invested in the Ravens run that when the AFC championship game fell on Sunday of the tournament of champions in Kapalua, Mickelson surreptitiously listened to the game during his round with an earpiece and a radio hidden in his clothes. A couple of sentences later, Mickelson's need for action carried over into actual tour events 
When I was in the tower, says former CBS announcer Gary McCord, every time Phil got to my hole, Bones, his caddy, would look up at me and I would flash the odds. If Phil had a 15-footer, I'd flash three fingers, which meant the odds were three to one. If he was 60 feet, I'd give two to one. On a two-putt, Bones would go down and whisper in his ear and Phil would look up at me and shake his head yes or no. This is Pete Rose-ish kind of stuff, no? It's a little more playful than that. I mean, they were the bets were only twenty dollars, and you know, Phil and Gary McCord were long were longtime friends, clearly. But it, it definitely it tells you something about Phil. I mean, uh, some of those putts are, I'm sure, were quite meaningful to the outcome of the tournament, and yet he's still goofing around with with Gary McCord. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. That to me is not a scandal. I think it's it's a funny story, but it, it hints at something deeper, just how much he needed that action. I mean, you would think that playing for millions of dollars on the PGA Tour and playing for trophies and history would be enough, and yet he's he's messing around with a guy in the TV tower. So um, it's definitely. I mean, I think it's a hilarious story, but it is it is instructive. Alan Shipnick is the author of Phil, the rip-roaring biography, unauthorized, I should say, of golf's most colorful superstar. The, I think what people are going to be most interested in, and I want them to read the book, but hopefully you'll, you'll just give me a takeaway, at least I most wanted to know, about the Tiger-Phil dynamic. What can you tell us? Yeah, you, you can't write about Phil without writing about Tiger. You know, right. They were basically contemporaries, and... For, Phil was five and a half years older than Tiger, and he kind of lorded over Tiger in their early days. They they grew up 100 miles apart in Southern California, suburbia. And, you know, Tiger saw Phil as an existential threat, and that helped push him at, at an early age. And, of course, eventually Tiger surpassed Phil, and now Phil had to try and keep up. And, of course, he couldn't quite do that. Tiger's the most dominant golfer of all time, but that that chase made Phil a better player and helped him, you know, access the kind of golf that he might never have otherwise, even though Tiger certainly denied him some trophies. I think it ultimately gave Phil a better career, but it's, it's been a complicated dynamic. There's, there's been some spiciness. There's been mutual respect as they've gotten it later into life. Um, I think they, they see they need each other a little bit more. They're, they're allies and, and tracing this evolution was, was really fun. But I mean, this is, again, this is just a little moment in the book, but it, it makes me laugh where, um, I mean, it's a serious thing, but uh, when Amy Mickelson got, got breast cancer, um, Tiger sent Phil a very heartfelt text, you know, hanging there, thinking of you, all that sort of thing. And, and Tiger's father, Earl, you know, prostate cancer began Earl's basically failing health. And when, you know, when he died, that was a huge had a huge impact on Tiger in so many ways. And so in this text message, Tiger says, you know, basically, hopefully someday we'll, we'll find a cure for cancer. And, and Phil writes back and, you know, thanks him for the kind words and, and all that. But he, classic Phil, he can't resist a little needle. And he says, well, hopefully someday they'll find a cure for your hook. And it's like, it's so funny. It's somewhat inappropriate given right. the, yes. the context. Definitely. But like, who talks trash to Tiger Woods? I, know. I mean, it's just so great, and that's just who Phil is. I mean, he's he's got a lot of rascal in him, and he likes to stir the pot, and he has a very sharp needle, and he's 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 always up to something. And there's a a, a mischievousness that, about him that um, 
can be quite funny yeah, and a little maddening. That's what and it came, can get him in trouble. That's what came came across in the book. That is the the, the part of the, you know somewhere in here you say that he's among the most despised athletes in the world, which really took me by surprise. Maybe I'm I'm just naive because I've always thought well. well that was- that was a that was GQ magazine named him right. That, that was That's their what it was. words, not yeah. mine. And yeah, he was. I on don't a list see of, that. Do you see that? Yeah. I mean, there's there's certain golf fans that have never bought into into what Phil is offering. You know that there's there's always been the sense that he's trying a little too hard. He may not be totally sincere. You know, with all the autographs and and all the thumbs up to the crowd, but. If the worst thing that people can say about yeah, you is you're trying too hard to be nice, Jesus, yeah, I yeah, um, it's it's not the worst critique. I mean, um, no, I I don't agree with with GQ magazine's analysis there. I mean, I think there's a deep reservoir of of goodwill for Phil, and even though he's he's tested the fans' patience a few times, whether it was you know smacking and moving putt at the 2018 U.S. Open or the way. He, he took on Tom Watson in front of the world at the 2014 Ryder Cup or, you know, this current moment with the seduction with Saudi Arabia. Uh, but he's always been able to get back in the good graces of the fans because he's very giving. You know, he he lets them in. You know, Tiger well, played with this 1,000-yard stare, and then you, you felt like there was no connection there. Yeah, Phil Phil, that's a good way to people. put it. Phil, Phil's a personality you can root for. Alan, i got to let you go, but indulge me with one more, because I, I circled this in, in my book. What's it like to ride in his souped-up golf course? First of all, it goes like 50 miles an hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when I spent a day with Phil at, at his home, um it's terrifying. I mean, he, he's got this golf cart that could probably compete in the Indy 500, has direct TV and this bump and sound system. And he, the tires were chirping on every turn. And he actually admonished me for not leaning properly to combat the G forces. Like, I thought I might actually die. And, um, so yeah, that, but again, that tells you something about Phil. He can't just have a regular golf cart. He has no. to have one that pushes the limits and, and he he drives it as if he's Mario Andretti. So um, there's just there's there's always an energy around Phil, and uh, it's expressed in a lot of different ways. The book is tons of fun, and what's great about it is that for a sort of a novice golfer like myself, uh, I I love the stories, and of course I love the career recap. But if someone is a scratch golfer. They're going to come at Alan Shipnick's book from a whole different angle and take away things that that went over my head. So a little something for everybody. That's what I think I would say about Phil. Alan, congrats. It's getting tremendous attention. I wish you good things. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. This is great fun. Thank you. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 